0: Profiling female athletes and the sports they play. You're listening to She's Got Game on the TSN Radio Network. It's an extraordinary debut, <laughs> Bianca Andrescu.
1: A lot
2: of people say no to me because I was a girl. And boys, move over.
1: The lady is coming through. Danica Patrick wins. Be patient, be curious, be daring. Who now wins goal for Canada? The champion,
3: Ronda Rousey.
2: Christine yes, Sinclair.
3: It's Serena Wins.
2: Okay, it's time for the next step. Step, step, step.
3: Hello and welcome to She's Got Game here on the TSN radio network. I am Vanessa Sanchez. She is Michaela Schreider and we are here with you over the next hour or so to take you through the week that was in the world of women's sports. But we're going to change things up a little bit this week. We already have. You're hearing my voice instead of Michaela's to start us off. Um, but instead of going back just over the past week, we're going to go back a year, we're gonna go back 20 years, Michaela, because we have some reflection to do today. Not all gonna be happy. This is probably one of the most heartbreaking weeks in women's sports and in Canadian soccer history. It is upon us. We knew this day would come. We've been anticipating it. We are not ready for it. We tried to delay it for as long as we possibly could. But Christine Sinclair, The GOAT herself, the Canadian legend, the world's all-time leading international goal scorer, is about to make her final appearance as a member of the Canadian women's soccer team. And Michaela, how are we feeling about it?
2: Oh, not good at all. I think (laughs) you framed it very nicely in that, yeah, we have been straight up in denial for, I I think, quite a while um, because we knew, you know... Even after Tokyo, it it, it started. the The question started coming. Right? Is this your last Olympics? And then every game was like, "Is this your last game?" And then every tournament was, "Is this your last tournament?" We've been waiting for this for a long time. When she made the announcement a few months ago, I think we were all that denial. Uh, was, was rocked a bit, but I think it was still there a little bit. And we we just weren't ready to say goodbye. We didn't have to say goodbye for a little while because we knew that her last games were going to be in December. But guess what? December is literally now. And here we are, and we have to yeah. formally say goodbye. And and, and even, like, we're, we're saying goodbye to to her playing with Team Canada, but as, as soccer fans, like, it still doesn't feel real because we are going to get to watch her play with the Portland Thorns next year, so... You know, it's it's a little bittersweet in that way, but as Canadian soccer fans, like, it is time for us to eulogize her career as a member of Team Canada, and that may take a while because, quite frankly, and we'll get into all this and we'll get into why, but Canada, soccer in Canada would not be where it is without Christine St. Clair. I think like that's not even an argu- an arguable point. That is a statement of fact. Um, it would not be as big in this country if not for her. This country would not be as successful in the women's program or the men's program as it is if not for her. She did so much for women's soccer. She did so much for Canadian soccer. Um, it's hard to summarize her career, quite frankly, in, in a matter of of minutes or hours, but I know that Canadian media are doing their best this week to, to do just that. And and that's what we're gonna try and do. But just know that we will not do her justice.
3: Absolutely not. I mean not only are we gonna do it today, we did it a little bit last week. We're gonna do it next week when it's actually final and we get to talk about the final game and everything that we see coming up from this match um, which is taking place December 5th in Vancouver. Like I we have said this so many times on this show, but we don't know Canadian soccer without Christine Sinclair. She has been it for so long. And I just, I I don't know how we get ourselves ready. We've tried. We've tried so hard to get ourselves ready for a world without her in it, a soccer world without her in it. Um, it's going to be really, really, really hard. I think back to when, you know, she played her final game in, uh, in the World Cup and she thought, that's it. It was World Cup, right? Yeah, when she was, when in her mind, she said, I'm done. And her family knew that and her friends knew that, but not everybody knew that. I do wonder, like, I'm speaking for myself personally, <laughs> would it have just been better if she would have actually just ended it that way? Because now that this game is coming up, you know how I am say this all the time I don't watch the final episodes or the final seasons of my favorite shows because I don't like when things end I still am not sure if I'm gonna watch this game on December 5th I'm like very on the fence about it because I do not like saying goodbyes like I I do wonder if it would have just been easier if the world cup was her last one and I found out afterwards (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things like when you know it's coming, does it make it any easier? And I don't think it does.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, we, we we said it on the show, like, that is the way Christine Sinclair has said she wanted to retire. That's the way we thought she wanted mm-hmm. to retire to just quietly go off into the sunset and not tell anybody, which absolutely was her plan. Um, because she's, you know, sadistic. <laughs> But um, I do think it is the right thing for her to do. I I know I'm going to struggle to watch this game, but I'm I'm going to. I'm I I hate goodbyes too. I'm not quite as adamant about that as you are. Um, <laughs> I couldn't live with myself if I didn't watch the last game. I am going to find a way to. I mean, it is the year of our Lord 2023. I will find a way to PVR it or record it in some way so I can go back and watch it later because I also uh, hate myself. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> I like. I am genuinely like worried about my mental state, um, and and what it's going to be like, and like I think back to, like I I didn't get into soccer until Christine St Clair until we all know London 2012 trauma. I'm not going to bring mm-hmm. up that game trauma, um, but I will. But it like in that game in that 90 minute and extra time or whatever it was, uh, a semifinal game with the U.S. and the London Olympics. Like Canada went from not a soccer nation to a soccer nation like th- that. I mm-hmm. wasn't the only one who com- whose worldview changed in that game. Canada changed in that game. And a lot of that was under her. She scored a, f- a hat trick in that game. And like, I remember tur- like, like turning on the game and watching it just descend into madness. It was honestly probably the first soccer game I ever watched start to finish intentionally. I knew who Christine St. Clair was going in and that I had heard of her, but because I didn't follow soccer very closely, I wasn't too familiar with her. And then by the end of it, like I would have gone to battle for her (laughs) if she had said, let's invade France. I would have said, okay. Okay. Like
3: (laughs) let's invade the U S let's invade the
2: U S like, and, and, oh, did that ever spark a hatred of the U S women's national team? Let me tell you, like what this woman has done for soccer is it just can't be understated. And, and I, I think she almost did most of it in that game alone.
3: Yeah. Yeah. She like, she is synonymous with Canadian soccer. She will be forever. Like there's no changing the the legend of Christine Sinclair. She is it. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm sad. I'm so sad to see her go. Um, so, like we said, Sink and the rest of the team they're going to be taking to the pitch for the final time on December the fifth. After they play the first friendly match, December the first um, against Australia and Victoria, then they're heading over to Vancouver. They're going to play in what was formerly known as BC Place, now temporarily called Christine Sinclair Place, um, where they'll take on Australia again in a friendly. Um, Can we just call it that forever? Christine Sinclair I I will. I fully plan on it. Right? Like, why mess with any perfection? They've uh, done a good job there. Um, On a very tactical note, um, we talked about, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I I do think
2: there's an argument to be made to, and I'm not being, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being hyperbolic, but I genuinely think that they should call it Christine Sinclair Place going forward. Cause it's not like there's a name rights holder, at least not that I know of, like, it's just called BC Place. That's true. It's not tied that's- to any company or brand. It's named after the province. Now there may be, maybe there's a name rights holder that I don't know about Um, and apologies, <laughs> but like just call it Christine Sinclair Place. Why not? Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. BC Place is like one of the very few stadiums in in Canada and most of sports that yeah doesn't have a sponsor name. Christine Sinclair. Place. I'll start
2: a GoFundMe to it. raise the money. Howard's nice. Yeah, <laughs> do it. You what won't. What
3: do we need money for? <laughs> um. Now, on a very tactical note, we talked about the roster last week. We do have some changes. Um, Julia Grosso, midfielder, suffered an ankle injury in a match with her home club, Juventus, this week. So she is not going to be playing, unfortunately. Janine Becky, we have seen her training with the team, but don't get too excited. She's not playing. I got too excited. I got my hopes up a little bit too much. Um, She's still coming back from that ACL injury injury. from uh, earlier this year, March twenty twenty three, she's aiming for a new year return, but she is there, and I love seeing her there with Christine Sinclair because those two are like just like a two headed monster, you know, in a good oh, way. Oh yeah, no
2: one, yeah. and I mean this genuinely, no one loves Christine Sinclair more than Janine Becky. Like I genuinely think that girl asks for Christine Sinclair's autograph on a regular basis, and they're friends. <laughs> They're teammates agree that.
3: yeah that I mean I would too wouldn't you I, yeah I get it um, <laughs> uh now with all of this coming to an end we we thought we would share our own little moment that we had with Christine Sinclair because she did join us on this show for an interview back in May of 2022 she had not announced her retirement then um but we all knew It was coming at some point. Um, So here's a little piece from that interview. She talks a bit about her legacy. um, And then she also will play you one of our favorite segments that we love to do when, uh, when we have players from a team sport come on where we get players to call out their teammates on stuff. So here's a bit from our interview with Christine Sinclair. We asked her what it was like to win an Olympic gold with the 2020 Canadian women's national team.
1: I mean, obviously, like, it's just one of those highlights that um, you dream of, but you never maybe actually think it's going to happen, um, and to do it with this group of players and everything we've gone through together, uh, I, yeah, finally, like, it seemed like the good guys won, and that winning feeling, it's contagious, and it's what keeps you coming back, and like you said, the world cups haven't been, we haven't been that successful at, um, especially recently. And, uh, I think a lot of players are coming back for that one last chance at the world cup. And, um, I think when I'm done playing that Olympic gold will be something that special that like I'll look back on right now, it's sitting in my drawer, um, not doing anything special, uh, but yeah, when I'm done playing, that's definitely going to be one of the highlights and knowing that like Canada won a gold medal in, in soccer, which I don't think many people thought was possible.
3: <laughs> we did. We had faith. Now, I, I also need to ask Charlie, your dog, how many times has she won, has she worn the gold medal? Do you have any pictures of this that you can maybe share online for the world? to see?
1: Actually, <laughs> I don't think my dog has put the medal on. My dog's like super teeny. Um, and the medal's super heavy, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so she, she actually hasn't put it on. I've had cousins dogs and things put it on, but you no, know, Charlie, Charlie doesn't like that type of stuff. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's okay. We won't do anything to make Charlie uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, Christine, after uh, team Canada's success at the Olympics last summer, you and Stephanie Labe were very vocal about the need for a professional women's soccer team or club here in Canada. Do you think the NWSL expansion into Canada should or could be that next step?
1: I think that makes sense. I think, um, I think it's a big ask to like start a league from scratch. Um, but that being said, we did it on the men's side, so I don't see why it's impossible. But yeah, a first step seems to me seems like whether it's a current MLS franchise. Um, but someone stepping up and committing to the women's game as well. And, um, you know, with three Olympic medals in a row, like us, like the men's team having success, the men's team having, you know, we're hosting a World Cup in a few years. Like, I feel like now's the time to go big on this sport. And, uh, yeah, it worries me that if we don't do it, you know, not necessarily right this second, but within the next year or two, um, like we'll have missed the moment, you know. Um, not, that kind of scares me.
3: Yeah, it really does feel like like now's the time. Build on that success. Um now before we let you go, we had Vanessa Jill on the on the show last week and we asked her some rapid fire questions and she spilled the beans on some of your team Canada teammates. So we are passing it over to you now. We want you to out some of your teammates as well. We have a couple of questions about your teammates, starting with who is choosing the music in the dressing room? Who chooses games? the music?
1: Um, actually, I don't know who's going to do it now, because in the past it's usually been Steph Labe, who's like made the playlist and things like that. I'm sure... Uh, maybe some of the younger ones will take over, like a Jordan, Julia, um, Janine sometimes has some input, but yeah, we need to find someone now.
2: (laughs) All right. DJ. Yeah. DJ opening on team Canada. Uh, Christine, what, what music are you listening to before a game?
1: Before I, I don't really have a, like a set playlist. I just, whatever I'm in the mood for, um, yeah, I'm not really like superstitious like that. So I know that's a boring answer, but just whatever, I don't know, whatever pops up on my Spotify.
2: <laughs> no, love it.
3: <laughs> whatever steps for playing, I guess. Um, yeah, okay, so back to your teammates. Who is the most likely to show up late to practice? Show sure up late? Oh, Shalina mm-hmm.
1: Zadorski, for sure.
2: <laughs> no
3: hesitation. I love it.
2: Nope. <laughs> Who no. on the flip side, who's always first to practice? Who would be first?
3: Maybe Janine. I'll yeah, answer. I'm gonna go with Janine. I like it. Very punctual. Okay. Uh who is team mom?
1: Uh Desiree Scott for
3: sure. Vanessa
1: Jill said, Well, it used to be like it used to be Maeve Glass, our equipment manager. She was like, we called her Team Mom. Um, but if I had to pick a player, I'd say Desi.
2: There, that's a common answer. Uh, and (laughs) finally, who is the class clown on the team?
1: Oh, Chappy Alicia Chapman, like, by far the weirdest person in the best way that I've ever (laughs) met. Um, so yeah, she
3: easily her <laughs> I love
2: it and we without hesitation compliment. too. just write to no, it. I no. love it and
1: she, she'd probably answer the same she'd call her <laughs> herself
2: yeah <laughs> awesome listen Christine we so appreciate your time thank you for joining us best of luck in the uh, regular season with Portland and uh, again awesome. thank you so much for your time
3: awesome thanks for having me that was Christine Sinclair, the GOAT herself. I love when she says in that interview, um, in that first question says, "says when I'm done playing, that Olympic gold is what I'll look back on. She said that, again, it was May 2022. It was pre-World Cup. She thought maybe, maybe in her mind, she thought she'd have a World Cup as well to look back on. But I love that that Olympic gold is is hers and she gets to hold on to that forever. That's,
2: it's so true because I remember when uh, they won gold, like I've said this on the show before. I didn't cry on my wedding day, but I sobbed, <laughs> like audibly and and openly wept when Canada won gold in Tokyo. And the reason being, and I remember it was the first thing that went through my head, Christine Sinclair has a gold medal, and no one can ever take that away from her. And that meant so much <laughs> to me as a Canadian soccer fan because, like we were entering a phase where it was like she may retire having never won a major tournament. and that is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But she did it, and Canada did it, yeah. and no one could could ever take that away from her. And I was just so happy for her and what that meant for her career. So I'm glad that we were on the same page there.
3: There we go. <laughs> now, Christine McClure is not the only one who's taking to the pitch for the final time. Sophie Schmidt is also playing her final Canadian women's national team, uh, making her final uh, appearance with the team. We thought she was done, but she's making one last stand. And then alongside both of them, Erin McLeod, former goalkeeper for the women's national team, is also going to be in attendance. She announced her retirement uh, earlier this year, in January of this year, but she's going to be honoured alongside Sink and Schmidt at this game. And we spoke to her as well this year. We we talked to her in August of this year. It was specifically about the World Cup, not quite her international career. Um, but we want to play you some of her interview as well because – I mean, first of all, we could listen to her talk forever. We love her so much. But also because she has such great oversight on women's soccer, she's very insightful. Um, Every answer she gave just touches on her role as a player, as an analyst, as an activist. Um, And we just love what she has to say. So here is a clip from our interview from this August with Erin McLeod. We asked her about her biggest takeaway from the early stages of the Women's World Cup.
0: I mean, I think, the one thing that I was like truly inspired by um, this tournament is the level of the game around the world for women has exploded. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, and not just Canada, I think a number of like very big teams, not that uh, I would never say that our team is ever arrogant going into anything. I would not say that, but I would definitely say that there seemed to be an element of surprise from a lot of the big, uh, big wigs at this tournament. Um, yeah, they were surprised by the level of competition. Like it almost seemed like they were a little bit caught off guard. I would definitely say that's how it seemed. When I watched um, you know, Canada play, we just seemed a little bit like almost surprised. Um so I think, you know, Jamaica did very well at this tournament. Um and I don't think their team will be very much there won't be many changes, right? For us there won't be that many changes. Maybe a little healthier for some players. So I think the biggest thing for, for us is we have got to start On fire, and I think that's the one thing I'm critical from a a performance standpoint is you've got to start with your best squad um, right out of the gates. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean the players that have always done great things. It's the players that are in their in form at the moment, Um, and we have to come out with that kind of fire, setting a tone really early. Um, and I think that they'll need to do that and be sharp, obviously focus set pieces. Like we could go into tactical stuff, but I think that's something that we're going to have to, to bring that like Olympic champion mindset, um, is every moment of every game.
2: In conversation with Aaron McLeod, former goalkeeper for the Canadian women's soccer team, uh, Aaron, you mentioned some of those teams that were surprised uh, by the level of competition and maybe surprised to be going home this early. I think one of them is definitely the U.S. women's national team being eliminated by Sweden in the round of 16, their worst result in World Cup history. What was your reaction to that?
0: Yeah, so I again, I've done a lot of thinking on this. One. <laughs> and, um, so two things. So first of all, like before anything else, I'm an activist. And and I I have to say that the U.S. Women's National Team has changed the game for women. And um, what's disheartening, um, and again, I would never be the f- first person to say I'm a huge American fan, you know, like <laughs> when it comes to Canada and the U.S., there's, it's a huge rivalry, of course. But um, what they have done from a gender equity standpoint has been so powerful. And in that same breath, that's why I was cheering for them to do really well, because Um, you know, now what, what we've seen is this very, very horrible, negative backlash this team is getting, um, in the media, especially social media, just, um, kind of like the the sexist, these undertones that are just really horrible and, you know, see, this is what happens when we pay the women the same. And, um, so that's been really, um, yeah, disheartening. It's just been kind of like, uh, I just, have been very, um, surprised by some of the reactions from, from Americans, um, unfortunately, but having said that, um, I think where the U S um, historically has kind of, uh, been successful is, is really from their like physical standpoint, they've had so many more players to choose from. And, you know, in a lot of sports, um, like it, on the men's side, you know, you've got your best athletes going into like NFL or NHL or, or all these, but on the women's side, it's generally, it's generally your women are going to women's soccer in the U S especially. Right. So they've had this physical dominance over the, the rest of the world. You know, they've been pretty vertical in the sense that have been a very like transitional type of style play. Um, and now what you're seeing is just the investment in women's sport around the globe. And, um, from a physical standpoint, they don't have that dominance anymore. And you know, I'll even challenge like Carly Lloyd and like her comments about them not having the mentality. And they had a mentality, but they also had that physicality over other teams. And and now the the playing field's way more even. So I also think the expectations from um, American fans and former players as well um, has to shift. Like the game is is so different now. And what we're also seeing at this World Cup more than ever before is it's not your tactical approach, it's, it's how well you do your tactical approach. You know, you're seeing a t- team like Japan who I would like die to watch over and over. They're so fantastic because this coach has recognized that they'll never have a physical dominance over a Sweden, over like these big teams. But what they have is precise passing, uh, their precision, the precision in their movement, their vision and awareness. Like he's taken this approach I mean, and they made like Spain look like pylons in the last, you know, four not How do you beat Spain four zero? So I think, I think the game is is evolving, and I think for me, I, the US kind of just lacked an identity because they they can't get away with um, all the, the counteracts because the speed we're seeing is unlike anything we've seen in the past in the women's game. Um, and so they're going to have to bring another level of uh, tactical ex- excellence that I think they haven't had to have before and they' they will need to have to to do well in the future
2: I completely agree with you and I, I'm glad you uh, you framed it the way you did right off the the top because we always say on the show like as women's soccer fans we love the u.s women's national team and everything they've done for this sport yeah. and, like, equal pay and equality and all that stuff but as canadian soccer fans we <laughs> want nothing but the worst for them as a team
0: right totally <laughs> totally i'm so conflicted i like do i want them to win you're not alone
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah now can i get your perspective as a keeper who has been in this position before what was it like for you watching Alyssa Nair line up to take oh a penalty kick? Oh, my pick?
0: God. I was like, what a boss. I was <laughs> I was so excited. I mean, I took one PK my whole career, and it was, like, because literally every player had gone. You know what I mean? Like, I was the last option. Um, so when Nair went up, I was like, go ahead. I, you know, and I have so much respect for her Um She, you know, she went to Penn State, I had just graduated. And like, so we kind of, uh, you know, and we've obviously run into each other over the years, and uh, just a humble, like, just obsessed with goalkeeping. So I was not at all surprised that she stepped up, because I just know that she probably like, she probably practices PKs as much as everyone else, you know, just in case. Um, But I thought that was, that was great. You know, like, she'll be the first, and, and now, um, you know, it'll become commonplace.
3: Like we said, Erin does serve as an analyst with TSN uh, now, so we will absolutely get her back on the show very soon to chat. Cause- We've got to bend our ear, especially next summer uh, about the um, Summer Olympics, Paris 2024. Coming up on She's Got Game next, we have a few announcements from the PWHL, as well as some cryptic messaging from the Phoenix Mercury. That and more coming up here on She's Got Game on the TSN radio network
0: reinforcing how sports are for everyone. You're listening to She's Got Game with Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez on the TSN Radio Network.
3: Welcome back to She's Got Game here on the TSN Radio Network. I am Vanessa. She is Michaela. And Michaela, it's another week and another PWHL announcement this week. Actually, two of them, because first, uh, the PWHL announced or made live their new website. They have a website. It's wonderful and beautiful. It's the PWHL. So T-H-E-P-W-H-L dot com. That's the web address. It looks very nice, very clean. Um, eventually I'm assuming we are going to see a page for each team. Um, right now it's just very uh PWHPA kind of. The league's got all the info in there, but I'm I'm hoping we see some expansion on this website eventually. So that was the first announcement. I don't know if you have any very serious thoughts or feelings on this website.
2: I mean, I I agree with you. It looks a lot cleaner. That their first website you could tell was very much a, a, a like a beta version, right? Like it was mm-hmm. the 1.0. Um, you knew it was going to improve quite a bit and get better. And and and, and to the pwhl's credit i don't know that there's a league out there that has a great website if i'm being completely honest with you most sports fans will tell you the website of that league usually sucks and like this website looks great i think what will be interesting is when we get into like you said you know individual pages or or sites micro sites for teams and then also how are they going to share stats when we get into the season that's going to be really key so i think it's like Mm -hmm. as we go forward i i expect them to work out the kinks i expect them to build all that uh it may take time but uh i'm not i i thought it looked great and i think it's only going to get better from here
3: completely agree yeah that's a really good point the stats are a big thing we were talking with a friend of yours the other day about uh pwhl fantasy and it doesn't seem like there is any uh like well-established fantasy fantasy platforms that are going to be doing pwhl not that we know of yet anyways and so uh it was your friend ashley i believe that was talking about it and she said that she was going to do it all manually which is wildly impressive um i'm very excited to join this fantasy league i love fantasy i love fantasy so much and i love that we get to do a pwhl fantasy league um but yeah hopefully the pwhl website is going to have like you know very fulsome stats so that we can be as accurate as possible because i need to win
2: yeah absolutely the good thing is if they're not there are always fans who will build something like hockey reference for example usually has great stats and i'm sure someone will, will build it in there
3: that is a wonderful point um now on top of this great new website we also have a new schedule This is like a huge, huge deal. The schedule has been released. January 1st, it all kicks off. Toronto is going to take on New York at Mattamy Athletic Center. January 1st at 12.30 p.m. I'm so pumped. hate that it's Toronto as an Ottawa fan, obviously. But I love that we get to do it in Canada. That this is where the first PWHL game gets to be played. I'm so pumped. This is like a hockey is, or no, sorry. January 1st, New Year's Day is a hockey day. It always has yeah. been to me, or at least for a very long time, because of the Winter Classic. And now we get a PWHL game on top of it. Yeah,
2: what what better way to spend midday on New Year's Day than laying on the couch at 1230 1230- watching hockey that's exactly what I want to be doing I'm not leaving the house I'm not going anywhere I'm watching New York at Toronto this is perfect timing
3: it really really is um so yeah the new schedule like I said starts on January the 1st it runs till early May I love how much of a season we are going to have I was a little bit concerned I remember in the early days of the league which makes it sound like that was so long ago what like three months ago um when this was first announced. That this is going to be a shortened season. We heard this was going to be, you know, because it's still starting. We're working through all of the kinks um, that we would have a shorter season, only 24 games. But 24 games, 12 home games, 12 away games, uh, running for four, almost five months. Like that's a pretty solid season, I would think. That doesn't seem truncated to me.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a long time. I think part of it, too, is there's going to at least likely be a break um, in early April for the Women's World Championships. Uh, a lot of these players are going to step away and play for their country, so I think they factored that in. I know that they're going to be involved in the NHL All-Star Game as well, so there's a break in there for that. Um, but this is this is great. This is peak hockey time, in my opinion, because in January and, and February, you know, while that's kind of a lull in the NHL schedule. Um, It's mid season. There's a lot of games in the NHL. And if you're a hockey fan, you're kind of starved for really meaningful hockey around that time. And this is about as meaningful as it gets. When you look at this being the first season ever of the PWHL, we want to see how these teams are going to look. We've never seen them play together before. So I think this is going to be really great for hockey fans. I think the timing is great. I will say as, as we are based in Ottawa, I just want to comment on their, uh uh, opening game their home opener Tuesday January Mm -hmm. 2nd at 7 p.m against Montreal I think this is amazing Ottawa and Montreal have such an underrated hockey rivalry and one that Mm -hmm. I think only fans in Ottawa and Montreal really understand like you hear a lot of people talk about it doesn't matter where they live they'll talk about the Toronto Montreal rivalry or the Montreal Boston Mm -hmm. rivalry like that's storied with like um 100 years of of history but Montreal Ottawa is kind of more recent in the last like 10 15 years they've really met in the, a handful of times in mm-hmm. the NHL playoffs and they really hate each other like these two fr- these two franchises do not like each other oh yeah and now we get to see their their women's teams face off and i think that's a great way to build on that rivalry which feels very fresh and very new and on as very selfishly we get to watch Marie-Philippe Poulin here in Ottawa in our opening night i think that's so perfect
3: I completely agree with that. I'm so excited to see her. And I know so many people that are so excited to go and, you know, especially watch this Ottawa game and to have Marie-Philippe Poulin as a bit of a pull for that is, I mean, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's like icing on the cake. Um, So yeah. So they'll be playing out of TD place. We do know that for sure. They'll be out of TD place for almost the entire season. There's a couple of games that are still TBD Um, and then Montreal will play their home opener, not until Saturday, January the 13th. We have a midday game, 3.30 in the afternoon, and they're playing Boston uh, at Verdun Arena, which is where they're going to be playing most of their matches. Um, As you know, Michaela, I think I'm a Boston fan. Again, we have, like you just said, we have not seen any team play yet. We don't know what any team is going to look like. I may be hitching my wagon to the wrong horse here, but I really am feeling like I'm a Boston fan and what an easy drive from Montreal or from Ottawa to Montreal for a little afternoon hockey on a Saturday afternoon
2: that you could drive in for the day. You literally did that a few weeks ago for a a Canada soccer game. So this is perfect (laughs) timing for you. Drive in, have a little lunch, get some puts in, watch some hockey, drive home.
3: It's great. That's a really great. Also, Verdun is a bit closer to us we don't have to go really into the city um as like with bell center games but montreal did announce that they are going to play four of their games at bell center which is huge 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 for them Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just so pumped. Um, now if you want to cheer on your team, whatever your team may be, tickets are going to be available very, very soon starting next week uh, or this coming week, anyone who put down a deposit when the league was first announced a few months ago, will have early access to season tickets. Um, and then single game group tickets and regular access to season tickets will all go on sale in a few weeks. I'm so excited. I can't even tell you, (laughs) um, moving on from hockey. We have to talk, Michaela, about some very cryptic messaging that is coming out of the Phoenix Mercury. I am not okay about this. I hate cryptic messaging. Tell me straight. Tell me what's going on. The Phoenix Mercury posted um, a couple of strange posts on Instagram and Twitter over the past couple of days, specifically about Diana Taurasi. Now, as far as we know, as far as we've been led to believe, DT is coming back for another year she has alluded to it many times she's very famously said that she's going to be around for Paris 2024 which is next year um a month ago she was training with the Team USA camp so why do you tell me are the Phoenix Mercury posting these very strange um this is the caption that they have she played the game and changed it forever with a carousel of pictures about Diana Taurasi, nothing more, no other contacts. They've been doing it all week long. What is happening? Tell me. So I have two theories. (laughs)
2: Okay. Both of which are pure speculation and I know nothing. Let's just put that out there right off the bat. Um, One It is quite literally the middle of the off season for the WNBA and the Phoenix Mercury social media account has nothing going on. So they went, you know, it'll get some (laughs) likes, photos of (laughs) Diana Taurasi and something just celebrating her. It's just like, hey, here's a reminder. The goat plays for us. Okay, cool. You do you. Okay. maybe they thought it would get the kind of uh, it would it would uh, spark the kind of discussion that we're having. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? Um, So that's my one theory. My other theory is that this is 100% going to be her last season and she's going to announce it um, at some point before the season starts. Mm -hmm. Now, Diana Taurasi has said in the past, uh, around the time Sue Bird was retiring, she said like when she retires, she wanted to do kind of the Christine St. Clair uh, way and just disappear. She just wanted to stop playing. I don't think that's true. Diana Taurasi loves a show. Diana Taurasi <laughs> does dance for free, in fact, and I think <laughs> she's going to want to make this entire season about her. She may deny it, but 100% she's going to want to make this entire season about her, as she should. She's one of the greatest yeah. players to ever play the game. She has every right to. So I, yeah, I think that's one of those two things. Either it's nothing or it's everything.
3: That's yeah. I mean, I'm so on the fence about this. I hope, I hope it is that, that she is coming back for another year. It's the the use of past tense in these captions. She played the game and changed it forever. That's what scares me a bit. That's where I don't know why, but I'm leaning a bit towards she's retiring from WNBA to focus completely and solely on one last international tournament in the Olympics. Go out with gold, and maybe she'll be done with it. But I don't That's know. A good point
2: that's like the opposite Hopefully. that most athletes go right most athletes will retire from international play we've literally seen that happen several times christine this sinclair. year christine sinclair they'll retire from international play they'll they'll stick with their with their club teams or their their regular season teams maybe diana Taurasi wants to break the mold a bit maybe she wants to be the only athlete to ever win six gold medals in six different olympics in basketball
3: that does sound like a very DT thing to want to do. I wouldn't put it faster. As a Super uh, fan, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that approach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up next on Cheese Guy Game, we're going to tell you what you should be watching this weekend. Stay tuned to the TSN Radio Network.
0: Good enough and status quo won't cut it here. This is She's Got Game with Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez on the TSN radio network.
3: Welcome back to She's Got Game here on the TSN radio network. I am Vanessa. She is Michaela, And it's that time of the show where we like to tell each other what we're going to be watching. We like to tell you, the listener, what you should be watching. Um, but really, I mean we all know what's coming right now because it's the thing that we've been talking about and dreading for months and weeks and years and all of it. Uh, Michaela, tell us, what are we going to be watching? What should everyone be watching this coming week?
2: Everyone should be watching. And I do mean everyone in Canada should be watching Christine St. Clair's final game with Team Canada on Tuesday, December 5th at 1030 p.m. Eastern. That is 730 p.m. Pacific in Vancouver. It is going to be airing on TSN. Drop what you're doing. Stay up late. Boil a pot of coffee in the evening if you have to, like I plan on. This is the last time we get to watch Christine St. Clair in a Canada jersey. This is a really special moment, and we should all be we should all be there to witness it.
3: That makes my stomach sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean we you're right, we are gonna be watching it. Um we should have mentioned a little bit earlier, Sam Kerr, another goat in her own right, an Australian goat. Instead of saying Bosh, the bur—that that's my Australian goat accent. Um, she is not getting <laughs> that was terrible. Um she's not getting playing this weekend uh or this week. Um, due to a foot injury. She is going to be staying back in England during the international window for a a treatment of her foot injury. And listen, I do feel badly for any Australian fan who thought they were going to come to Canada and get to uh, watch Sam Kerr play. But this is Christine Sinclair's moment. And I'm actually very okay with the fact that Sam Kerr is not going to be here this weekend or this week coming up.
2: Right. I I agree. Um, I think it was really nice of Sam Kerr to not play because she is the best player in the world right now. And her being (laughs) on the pitch (laughs) like is a bad thing for Canada. Uh, I also think that all of Australia should just stand still while Christine St. Clair scores 10 goals. Uh, that's the respectful thing to do. Um, I do love and listen, I, I very much believe that Sam Kerr is injured. She's been battling a calf injury since the uh, the World Cup, so this could be tied to that. Um, she's she she's definitely found her groove with Chelsea. She scored a hat trick in the UEFA uh, Women's Champions League against Paris FC last week. But she did have a bit of a slow start to the season, and she has been rehabbing that. So why go risk it? In an international friendly, um, I did love the jokes that. So Christy Mewis, her fiance is is just finished her season with Gotham FC. She's in London now, staying with Sam, and everyone's like, "Yeah, Sam's out with a foot injury. Here's the foot injury, and it's just a photo <laughs> of Christy Mewis." <laughs> not that i think that's like what's going on but you know it's 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 easy to be convinced to stay home when your fiance who you never mm-hmm. get to see is staying with you and yeah why fly all the way to canada and play two meaningless games seemingly if you're australia um why not just rest up and get ready for the rest of the season
3: exactly and i think as canadians we should thank uh christine lewis for heading over to england to keep sam kerr off of australia so that canada this is international relations right here so that canada has a little bit of a better chance at having a pretty solid final game on december the 5th because i'm sorry christine sinclair deserves to go out with a win a goal and a win she's been waiting on one last goal a goal 10 10 goals i want 200 i
2: want an even two hundred.
3: That's your OCD talking, but I'm with you on that. I yep. do love an even 200. <laughs> oh, So, I mean, I don't know if we've said it enough times, but December the 5th, you got to watch TSN. This is the last time you will get to see Christine Sinclair lace up for Team Canada.
2: Employers of Canada. I mean, any business, <laughs> any organization, do not expect your employees is to be working that day or the next day these are national holidays i am deeming them national holidays here on national radio none of us should be expected to do anything on the day of or the day after because we will be in mourning so this this has been a public service announcement from your friends at she's got game
3: and with that that really does it for today's show that's all you need to know thank you very very much for listening as always if you missed part of the episode or if you want to listen to it all over again you can find our show on your local TSN radio website or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including the iHeartRadio app. If you'd like to share your favorite Christine Sinclair moment with us, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Michaela at Shride. That's S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. You can find me at vansan 3000 Thank you so much to Marco, our producer, for making us sound oh so good. And as we like to do each and every week, we like to leave you with a quote of the week. And this week, it comes from Chloe Lacasse, Christine Sinclair's teammate on Team Canada. Chloe's talking about the legacy of the GOAT herself.
1: I saw someone say, like, Sinky, you're a national treasure. And I, I do think that's very accurate because, like, women's soccer didn't have any references in Canada. There was nobody to really pave that path for people like myself, people who also aspire to be professional soccer players. Um, Sinky definitely created a path for Canadian women's soccer players to have a future and to make it sustainable at that.